The Boston Bruins hit the practice ice again here on Wednesday as they prepare for a showdown tomorrow night with Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. On today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Scott McLaughlin to talk about the trade deadline, playoff opponent outlook, and so much more. So strap in and get ready for a great episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. And this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Wednesday, March 8th, and I want to thank you again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every day. It's free and available on your favorite podcast app as well as on YouTube. So please do hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing down through the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs. If you're on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. Now, so much has happened with the Boston Bruins over the last week or so, and I wanted to bring someone in to chat about uh, that. So, welcoming back to the podcast, Scott McLaughlin of uh, WEEI and the Skate Pod. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Ian? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, thanks for taking the time to chat. Uh, always great to catch up, catch your insights on uh, on the Boston Bruins. And I guess we'll start looking back at last week. Uh, Don Sweeney making, well, I guess a couple weeks ago now, he made the big move with the Capitals to acquire Dmitry Orlov, Garnet Hathaway, and then also added Tyler Bertuzzi from the Detroit Red Wings. Um, been a few games now that we've seen the former Capitals any first impressions from uh, those guys? Obviously, Orlov won first star of the week. Couldn't have gotten off to a better start. But uh, just overall, what's what's your sense of of Orlov and Hathaway and what they bring to the Bruins? Yeah, I mean, Orlov obviously just made an immediate huge impact. You see that, you know, you look at like some of the other guys they're looking at for defensemen. And, it's, you know, you kind of wonder like how much of an impact would they really make, you know, Luke Shen, like he'd be nice depth, but that's really it. Vladislav Gavrikov, you know, he's never really been like a top guy on a playoff team, mm-hmm. so you wonder about that. Orlov, like you see why this guy played 24 minutes a game on a Stanley Cup winner with Washington yeah. in 2018. Uh, you know, he breaks up plays defensively. He's a really good skater, passer in transition, has a good shot that, you know, you look at his numbers and it's like, was that underutilized in Washington? You know, yeah. not that he's going to score as many goals as he has so far, but right. certainly seems like a weapon that he has. Um, he's been involved in the offensive zone, you know, has gotten some power play time and got moved up to the top power play unit in Wednesday's practice. Yeah. Uh, so looks like he's going to get a look there. So you see just the all around impact that he can make. And, you know, you basically add him as like another, top pairing caliber guy with McAvoy and Lindholm Mm -hmm. and you know now you have three of them and not not there aren't many teams that can say that uh you know and and Garnet Hathaway uh I think 
you know, you've seen it at times. He's helped set the tone physically. Uh, the Rangers game kind of right off the bat opening shift. He's getting into it with guys and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of getting some energy in the building. Uh, he's made some things happen on the four check. You know, he had, uh, he had one, you know, a couple games ago that helped set up a goal for the check line coming on right after, but he really got mm, it started right. the shift before with a, with a hard four check and just kind of keeping the puck down low. So uh, you see what he can bring, you know, to the fourth line to, to your bottom six um and yeah clearly you know two two good additions uh in orlov mm-hmm. in particular a, a terrific addition yeah yeah for sure uh want to mention bertuzzi as well in a moment but just while we're on that topic bruins have eight defensemen that are healthy at the moment Jakobs borl has not played very much but one mainstay from the lineup if everybody remains healthy is going to have to come out for the playoffs. I think for tomorrow night's game, it's, it's Connor Clifton's turn to take a seat. Um, what do you think is kind of the, the optimal top six, or, or I guess it might be easier to say who should be the odd man out or who is likely to be the odd man out come playoff time. Yeah, it's, it's tough because, you know, obviously part of it's going to depend on health when you get there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if someone not even necessarily like someone's injured to the point of not being able to play, but you know, someone banged up and they're only 75% and someone else is 90%. Right. But all things being equal, I think to me, the signs kind of point towards Grizzly being the odd man out. And, you know, I, I think that's mainly because Orlov kind of comes in and is, fits in his spot and mm-hmm. is a better all around player um, right. and just kind of brings more to the table. And it's, you know, then you look around at the other guys and it's like, it's not even a knock on Grizzly. Like, I, I think Matt Grizzly, all things considered is a better player than Derek Forbert or Connor Clifton, right. but those guys bring something different. You know, Forbert's obviously a huge part of the penalty kill. Yeah. Clifton helps set a physical tone. Uh, you know, Carlo's been his, good of a shutdown defenseman as there's been. I don't see him coming out of the lineup and obviously Lindholm, McAvoy, Orlov are all locks. So it's Grizzly kind of is the one who gets left out where it's like, okay, yeah, everyone knows he's a good puck mover, good skater, uh, you know, can, can make things happen with the puck and a stick. But what, you know, what does he bring to a playoff lineup that isn't already covered in this group of defensemen? And, um, it's just it's kind of hard to identify that. So it seem seems like he would probably be the odd man out if the playoffs started today, but that can that can change. You know, he's going to get looks in different spots. It looks like he's going to line up next to Derek Forbert on the third pairing um, on Thursday night against Edmonton. We saw him on the third pair with Connor Clifton. It's so it's you know he has a chance to prove that he can play in that kind of role, which mm-hmm. might be you know a little more of a defensive role than when he's playing next to McAvoy. And if he succeeds there, maybe he battles his way in and, and someone else sits. But right now I would lean towards him being the seven. Yeah. It's probably, that's probably the way it's looking. I mean, you mentioned it for board. There's a reason why the Bruins are number one penalty killing team in the league. He's a big part of that. Even Clifton, he brings kind of an, a different element. Uh, unfortunate for Grizzly, but I'm sure, I'm sure the opportunity will come at some point for, different guys to get in the lineup. Uh, and it's a good problem to have, I guess. Um, before we touch on Tyler Bertuzzi and um, 
some other Bruins news and notes. A quick word about today's sponsor, which is FanDuel. We've reached the midway point of the NBA season. We're well past it now, actually. And now's the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sports app. It's America's number one sports book. And new customers can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Download the app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss this chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. All right, welcome back, Scott. And, uh, of course, the other big move that Don Sweeney made was acquiring... Tyler Bertuzzi from the Detroit Red Wings. That was kind of a good news, bad news situation uh, because we know the main reason he was able to pull that off was by creating cap space from Taylor Hall going on LTIR. Um, first question, do we have any word yet on the seriousness of Hall and Felino's injuries? And second to that, uh, it's only been one game, but what do you see – uh, Bertuzzi bringing to the table so far for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, no, no update on either injury yet. Uh, you know, it seems to kind of be be all all quiet on uh, on the injury front there, where they sort of just left it open ended. Said, you know, mm. they're both longer term. We hope they're back. You know, for the playoffs. But uh, I think it's going to be a while before we get any sort of definitive update. Uh, they're kind of just going to leave people guessing. It seems. Um, as far as Bertuzzi, yeah, that's, I mean, what like a perfect player to kind of go out and target once you get the news on Holland Felino, where you can put him anywhere in your top nine, you can mm-hmm. play either wing. He really seems like a perfect fit with Coyle and Frederick, which is where he played in his first game against the Rangers on Saturday. Right. Uh, and you know, I think Montgomery might move him around a little bit, but it seems like that is, you know, a perfect place for him to to settle in eventually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I think what, what you see is, you know, he kind of comes with this reputation as an agitator, right? Like people oh, yeah. making the Marshan comparison. They remember when him and Marshan went at it. And right. it's like, well, yeah, like he can do that, but also he's a, he's a talented hockey player and a talented mm-hmm. offensive player who makes a lot of smart plays uh, and seems to see the ice really well. And you, you saw that on, on the goal he sets up where, you know, it's the, it's the high lob into the zone that he, he knows Frederick's going to win that race of the puck because he has a step, puts it in the right spot, gets himself open behind the net, and then makes a great pass to Coyle in front. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he should have had a second assist. He sets up Krejci for a wide open net and yeah. unfortunately just kind of bounces on Krejci and ends up flipping yeah. over the net. But yeah, like you see, you see why he had, you know, 62 points last season uh, mm-hmm. because he's, he's a, gifted offensive player and you know his numbers were obviously down this year and that might be part of the reason that you were able to get him for you know not a super prohibitive cost um but yeah you know he had battled two broken hands i'm sure that affected what he was doing offensively this this year and he seems to be healthy now he says he feels good and you know if the bruins get uh last year's tyler bertuzzi the rest of the way then that's Mm -hmm. you know that's a huge addition yeah. And uh he's also uh 
proven winner. Like he, he won an OHL championship here in Guelph where I am. I got to watch him during that run. He was incredible. And then him and uh, uh, Thomas Noshik were part of a, a Calder cup winner in, in Grand Rapids as well. So hopefully that translates to the next level looking a bit ahead here, but with these new additions, is there any sense of whether or not the Bruins are interested in re-signing Orlov, Bertuzzi, maybe even Hathaway, uh, or if they could even fit them under the cap next season? Yeah, I'm sure they're interested because these are, you know, Dunstan has definitely made a habit of targeting guys that yeah. fit the team and, and are the type of players that they would want to have around longer term. And I think all three of these guys fit that, but as you alluded yeah. to, the problem is they do not have a lot of cap space for next yeah. season and they have a lot of guys that they need to sign. So, yeah. you know, I mean, basically half their forward core like is yeah. free agents or restricted free agents. So, yeah. um, you know, I think they would like to, and if, if they're able to maybe work out, you know, some sort of discount deal with any of those guys, if they're not looking to get paid top dollar, then mm-hmm. that's definitely a possibility, but you know, you, you look at it, it's like, well, Orlov is at an age where he probably wants that one last good payday. Yeah, Bertuzzi, this you know, if Bertuzzi finishes this year strong, this very well could be his biggest payday of his career. Yeah, and, very true. You know, so it's like if those guys are going to look for top dollar, then the Bruins probably aren't the team that's going to be able to pay it unless, yeah, they're moving a lot of salary out, you know, trading guys away or whatever, um, right. So it's going to be tough, but there will be interest there. Like I'm sure if they, ha- if Don Sweeney hasn't already started those conversations, he will at some point, but mm-hmm. um, you know, being interested and then actually being able to make it work financially is, you know, a whole other thing. I think yeah, it, Hathaway might be the most likely, you know, he's in his, in his thirties, he's from new England. Like I could see him maybe being like, yeah, you know, three years, 1.2 million a year. Like, Sure, that that works for me. I, you know, I I like it here. So mm-hmm. like that that I could see happening, but the the bigger guys Orlov and Bertuzzi, it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, I guess it's a bit of a catch twenty two for the Bruins. I mean, if if these guys perform optimally and the Bruins win, then yeah, they're achieving their goals for this year. But they're probably uh, the, those players are probably pricing themselves out from from being resigned based on what we hope will be pretty successful uh, playoff runs. Uh, Speaking of the playoffs, Bruins obviously pretty much have home ice advantage locked up at this point. Uh, Some movement down in the wild card spots. Is there any of those teams down there that give you any sort of pause that they could give the Bruins trouble, whether it be the, the Penguins Islanders who are in that spot now or Ottawa, who's beaten them twice this year, Buffalo. Is there any reason to think that this could be a a 2019 lightning situation or they pretty much should be able to take care of anybody, at least in that first round? I mean, they they should be able to take care of any of those wildcard teams. The one that would worry me the most would be the Islanders just because. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Looking at all those teams' goalies, Ilya Sorokin is the one most likely to Mm -hmm. just turn into a brick wall for a series and you know Bruins could outshoot them 42 25 every game and mm-hmm. he might just catch fire and and you know shut you down so yeah that's the only thing there that really stands out to me uh you're right they have you know Ottawa has 
been a pretty tough matchup for them this year. And obviously they just traded for Chikrin, so they got better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would still I would expect the Bruins talent to win out over the course of a over the course mm-hmm. of a seven game series when you're playing every other night versus, you know, three regular season meetings that right. have been spread out over months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. That looking at those teams, the Islanders are the one that stands out to me. Not only because of Sorokin, well, it's odd that I think in the three games that they've played the Islanders this year, they started Varlamov in all three, which is which is weird. But um, they're also playing pretty well with Matt Barzell out of the lineup and injured. So if he comes back, we all know that narrative. Uh, but they're the one team, yeah. I think that gives me reason to think uh, maybe, but. The end of the day, I think they should be all right, no matter who they play. At, at least in the first round, it's going to be a difficult road. Uh, that, apart from that, anyways. Um, speaking of goaltending, you wrote a very interesting article today, I believe, about Boston's goaltending and how just far and away better it is than the the rest of the league. Um, what do you think is behind that this season? Linus Allmark is just he's just riding like an all-time heater and he's going to come back down to earth or is there something going on kind of behind the scenes or with his game that leads us to believe that he can sustain this at least through the playoffs and uh, we'll see what happens next season. But uh, yeah, what, what's behind this uh, incredible run that he's on? Do you think? I think he's just so much more comfortable in his second year in Boston. And this started right from the start. Like he showed up to training camp and basically said that he was like, I just feel so much better. Like I've been here a year. Mm. Family's been here a year. And it was like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, that makes sense. And then he plays so well and you're like, all right, he wasn't lying. Like he clearly (laughs) does just feel a lot more comfortable. Um, So, you know, and I think he's always been, been talented. Like the, his underlying statistics were always promising. And I think that's part of, you know, in addition to just video and scouting, that's part of like Mm. what the Bruins saw when they, targeted him in free agency is you know there's more here than what showed up on a bad buffalo sabers team yeah so obviously that they they nailed that um and i think goalie bob goalie coach bob senza is you know he's like the goalie whisperer i mean just look at the track record over the last 20 years like you Mm -hmm. go from you know andrew raycroft being rookie of the year tim thomas turning his career around and winning two vezinas to Rask for a decade. And now, you know, now all Mark and Swayman, like it's mm-hmm. yes. All those goalies are very talented in their own right and deserve credit for their own success. But it's also not a coincidence that they're all, you know, at their absolute best here with mm-hmm. Bob Sensen coaching them. Yeah. And Jim Montgomery, sure. you know, made mention of that Wednesday. He was, he was asked about all Mark and he basically said like, you know, goalie Bob, deserves a ton of credit doesn't get enough yeah yeah for sure i mean he's like you said he's been the the constant through that whole bruins fans have been so spoiled with with goaltending over the last yeah 20 years or so and as much as people liked to dump on rask or kind of were questioning that signing last year there's there's no uh, there's no better proof than the numbers and they don't lie this season for sure for, uh, for Allmark and Swayman who's come on after a bit of a, a, a difficult start. Um, Bruins preparing for a game tomorrow night against the Oilers who they played uh, last week. 
McDavid with two goals, but they were able to come out with the win. Uh, we've seen this week David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron uh, sitting out of practice for some load management. I think Montgomery called it like a, a senior's discount or benefit or something like that. Um, do you think that's going to trickle into game situations here down the stretch where some of these guys will get a night off? Maybe we'll see a, a call up or two uh, to fill out the roster. I know. I think the last couple of years, they've really filled out the roster, especially on the final game of the regular season. But uh, is that something we can anticipate? You think Bergeron getting a night off, Krejci, maybe even Pasta or or some of the, the heavy hitters on defense? Yeah, definitely. I, I think you'll yeah. definitely see some of those guys get get games off down the stretch. Uh, it, you know, Jim McGarney said it, it might not start this weekend only because they've mm. had these – four days off between games. So even though it is a three and four in a back-to-back situation, guys should be okay for this weekend. But yeah, as you know, they have back-to-backs the next five weekends. So there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of opportunities in there to Mm -hmm. get Bergeron a game or two off, Krejci a game or two off, maybe even, you know, Pasternak, Marchand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Montgomery did say, uh, I think earlier this week that at some point the, defense rotation will will include games off for McAvoy, Lindholm, and Orlov. So, okay. you know, I think it, it might only be one or two games for all, for all those guys between now and, and game one. But, you know, anything to just save them, whether it's the second game or back-to-back, maybe it saves them travel somewhere, hopping on a plane. Like, it, it all helps. It's all an opportunity to... Mm-hmm you know, one, to get those guys rest, to make sure they're not overworked, and two, then to try out some different things. They've had, you know, especially before the trades, like a pretty set lineup for a long stretch. And yeah, why, you know, why would you touch it? It was working so well. But mm-hmm. uh, you do want to at least have a look at some other options before, you know, potentially, God forbid, like an emergency situation in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. And I think – uh off Mike, you were mentioning Brad Marchand specifically kind of mentioned uh, his recovery from hip surgery. I know when he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, he said he might have come back a bit too early or uh, not that he wasn't healthy, but just uh, missing training camp. It's difficult to get back to full speed in a, a regular season situation. Uh just let us know what he said today about that. Was there, was there anything uh, new with respect to his uh, recovery there? Yeah, I'd say not really new, but he did just reiterate that, you know, he's still not really where he expected to be and that it's still kind of been, you know, it's been a process that's required patience. He, you know, he was asked, well, you're still putting up, you know, a point per game. Yeah. Is that at least some solace? And he was like, Sort of, but it's not even really about the points for him. It's about how he feels out there. He said, right. you know, he's he's used to feeling I think the what the word he used was like in control of the play when, when he's mm-hmm. on the ice. He he at, in his best years felt like he was in control, like he could do almost whatever he wanted. And right. he just said, you know, this year it hasn't quite felt like that. He hasn't always felt like he's been completely in control. So he's felt like he's you know, been fighting it a little bit. So, um, yeah, obviously it's, we're talking about kind of like the highest standards you can have here, (laughs) Where you know, to hear a player who's averaging a point per game, talk about being disappointed and, you know, this isn't where he wants to be and all that. Like 
he's still been really good. Obviously he's not, you know, very, very far from hurting the team or anything like that. But mm-hmm. when your standard is, you know, 90 to hundred points a season and, you know, you're only on like 80 point pace, like that's, that's a drop off. So, right. um, yeah, you know, I think, I think he's fine. I think he'll, he'll be solid the rest of the way. Like, it, you know, I, I wouldn't be too worried about it, but he, he knows he has another gear that he still hasn't quite gotten to. And I guess, you know, the scary thing, if you're an opponent is there's still time for him to get there before the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, to think that, um, he has another level to hit and hopefully, yeah, he does hit it, uh, just in time for the playoffs. Big game tomorrow night against the Oilers. Uh, really excited about that one. Uh, thank you, Scott, for joining me again here today. And uh, just remind people where they can find uh, find your stuff on the Bruins and where they can find you on Twitter. Sure, yeah. You can get all my stuff on weei.com. Uh, follow the Skate Podcast, wherever you get podcasts. And on Twitter, I'm at smclaughlin9. Perfect. Well, thanks so much again, Scott. And uh, maybe we'll catch up again before the playoffs or during the playoffs and get your thoughts on uh, what we hope will be a pretty long run here for, for the Boston Bruins. So thanks so much again and, and uh, take care. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Ian. Yeah, no problem. All right. That is it for another episode of locked on Boston Bruins. Thanks again to Scott for jumping on and, and chatting. Always great to catch up and get some insights, uh, boots on the ground. And uh, tomorrow, we will preview the game against the Edmonton Oilers, do a cup check, and uh, bring you all the latest on the black and gold here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care, friends.